0: Welcome to Revealing the Diamond. I'm your host, Tiago Prem. And this week on the show, we ask the question Will knowing the essential teachings of Jesus make you a better person? Let's get into it. so if you haven't listened to the previous episodes in this series i would recommend that you go back and listen to them we've really unpacked what the sort of core or essence teachings of jesus are um, <clears throat> so much gets lost in tr- like the tradition and the culture and the religiosity and the dogma and we sort of miss the point and that's why i wanted to do this because i think the point or the essence of the teachings are really important for today and their teachings about love and their teachings about uh, that love that is personal for ourselves and that love that is for the unfathomable, <laughs> like God, the beyond the beyond, and uh, how our uh, our capacity to see that in another, love your neighbor as yourself, is the practice of uniting the whole thing as one, which to me is why Jesus is a yogi. So there you go. I said it. <clears throat> So we're going to be in uh, Matthew 5, and we're going to whiz through here. So hold on to your meditation cushions or your car seats or wherever you're listening, and we're going to wrap up the essence uh, of the teachings of Jesus into a nice little package, and then you can go out and practice it. So in Matthew 5, 33, he's talking about concerning oaths, and I might have touched on this in our last episode, but essentially what he's saying in this passage is, say what you mean and mean what you say. And if you're not able to say what you mean and mean what you say, don't say it. (laughs) That's kind of what I like about my spiritual name, Tiago Prem. It's like, if you can't put love in it, don't even go there. If you can't follow through, don't say anything. Okay? It's about trust, trustworthiness. It's about integrity. That's what he's talking about here. That's pretty to the point, right? And then he goes on to talk about retaliation. And when you look back at the uh, Bible and the, the law of Moses, the Torah before, and remember Jesus is a rabbi, Yeshua. They just threw a J in his name for fun later on in time. But Yeshua is a, is a rabbi. So he, he knows the law. I mean, this is one of the brilliant teachings where he says, uh, I've come to uh, fulfill the law. Right, not to enforce the law, but to fulfill it, to to be a living embodiment of the essence of these teachings. So he says, you have heard it said that uh, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. So that's, the Old Testament of the Bible is filled with tons of this. Oh, you did this, so that happens to you. You kill them, we kill you. I mean, that's where capital punishment and all of this sort of stuff comes from. And, and it's interesting because some you know conservative Christians who are upholding this eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth even now, and yet they claim to be students of Jesus? Something kind of got mixed up there, didn't it? So he says, uh, "'But I say to you, do not resist an evildoer. "'If anyone strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other also. "'And if anyone wants to sue you and take your coat, give your cloak as well. "'And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go the second mile.' Give to everyone who begs from you and do not refuse anyone who wants to borrow from you. Now, I don't know if anyone out there has listened to Rob Bell, but if you haven't, I highly recommend his book, What is the Bible? I've recommended it on here before, Um, but he was, he talked about in this particular passage that remember that the Israelites during this time have recent memory of being slaves and, you know, being very poorly treated by the Roman Empire. And he's talking about that here. Like, if, you're, if your master uh, hits you, then just be like, oh, here, hit me on this side. If your master says, carry my bag, which is what had to happen, the Israelites would have to carry the bags of the Roman soldiers. He's saying, instead of like falling down and, and feeling weary, carry it even farther. If They ask for one, do two. And what he's talking about here is sovereignty. If you show up in that way, then people, can't. even though they try, they can't take your freedom. You know, and that's a hard, a hard thing to do, to be resilient like that, like in the face of that kind of abuse and violence. But it's a reclamation of sovereignty. That's what he's talking about here. And then also uh, generosity. So don't let anyone take your sovereignty, be bold, be courageous, be resilient, get back up no matter what happens and be kind. Now, to me, that's a yoga practice. <laughs> that's, you know, it's like I've had injuries, I've been divorced, I've had struggles with addiction and I come back to the practice and the and to the coming back that requires humility, the saying sorry, asking for forgiveness, requires humility. It, it, it's a process, but it's worth it because the more I do that, the freer I get. You know, I think it's about other people when I'm in the suffering, blaming other people for my suffering, wallowing in my pain. But when I t- reclaim my sovereignty you know, and I'm able to uh, face the difficulties which are still going to come, and what's going to inspire that is a commitment to being kind, to being heart centered, to loving even those who persecute you. And that's when he goes into love your enemies, where he says, You've heard it said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. That's the law. Lo- Remember when I say love beyond logic? This, this is the, what I'm talking about. This is the logical piece. That person hurt me, and so I don't like them. That's the logical piece. The love beyond logic is I'm gonna love you anyway. And the way you love is gonna look different. You know, it's not saying be a doormat, but it's saying, can you let it slide off you? But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be children of your father in heaven. What does that mean? When so some people get triggered by the word father. But essentially what it means is God is love. We've talked about this. So that you can be children of love, just like your maker. Because your maker makes the sun rise on the evil and the good. It doesn't matter if you're good or bad. The sun shines on everyone. And so the practice is to pray for everyone, even those who don't deserve it. Love everyone, even those who don't logically deserve it. That's the love beyond logic that I'm referring to right here. He sends the rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. For if you, if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? If you just love the people who are easy to love, nothing changes. Things just stay the same. But if you expand outside of the logical, comfortable, loving zone and invite someone in who maybe is difficult to love, I mean, that's going to take some practice to get there. But But if you have the capacity to do that, or at least work towards that, is that going to create change in the world? 100%. And if you greet only your brothers and your sisters, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. So he's talking about the people who are not uh, practicing Judaism, not Israelites. He's just saying, like, anyone can love someone who's easy to love. Like, that's no big deal. Can you practice loving the ones that are difficult to love? Because that's what God does. Because God is love. Patient and kind. Doesn't hold grudges. But I've read the Bible, and the Bible says that God is jealous. And and, and, that's a person's perception. With their limited perspective. Because here's the thing with God. It's like, imagine a lover that loves you no matter what. No matter what. No matter what you look like, smell like, what you did, doesn't matter. You are loved and accepted. And who in that relationship is being conditional with their love? We are. If you do this, if you give me that, if you give me this new partner, if you give me this money, if you answer my prayer, if you do... All, all, everything that I want, then I'll love you. That part of ourselves is the one that just loves the people who, you know, we can get something from them. But Jesus is saying, be like your Father in heaven. Be that lover that loves you no matter what. Practice being that. So next he's talking about almsgiving, which almsgiving, he's talking about like giving to charity making donations you know beyond your duty going out of your way to being generous to serve the good of the whole and and what he's saying essentially is like you do it because it has to be done without being attached to the fruits of the actions like in the bhagavad gita it's very similar you're doing you're loving for the sake of loving you're giving for the sake of giving not to say Look at all how much good I'm doing right now. Hey, everybody, aren't I a generous person? Look at me. It's not necessary. It's about your heart. It's about doing your best to show up in love so that it's sincere and, and honest and in integrity and it's not manipulative, essentially. And then he goes on. So so let's review here. He's saying... Practice generosity for the sake of practicing generosity. Don't be attached to the fruits of the action. Give to give, so that's about love. Then he's saying, love your enemies, and maintain your sovereignty by when somebody wants to persecute, hurt you, hate you, whatever it might be, love them back, love them anyways. So it's again about love. Same with retaliation. You know, it's don't get even. Get loving and you know be truthful in your word which is about trust so we're talking about resiliency love and trust here you know it's not about religiosity and dogma these are these are essential teachings for the well-being of the human you heard this Bible, B-I-B-L-E, Basic Instructions Before Leaving Earth. I love that. Then he goes on to talk about prayer. And this he says the same thing about prayer. You know, have you seen uh, um, the movie Meet the Parents? And uh, Ben Stiller's character is invited to pray, but he's from a Jewish family, and they didn't pray before meals, and he's never really prayed before a meal. But they ask him to do the honors, and he has this long drawn out, oh, Lord, the Lord of the, you know, on and on and on. Makes me think of that. But he's saying, you know, your relationship with God is like a relationship with a friend that you can tell anything to. It's not about being on show or being holier than thou. It's about just being real, Okay. When you're praying, do not heap up empty phrases. Okay. Because God is like you, it's your soul. It's like it all, you, there's a part of you that already knows what's best for you. And, and the work is in the spiritual practice is like when you disconnect from that, like just, being honest that you're struggling with it. Like, I'm really struggling with this right now. Like, God already knows, but just, it's developing a trustworthy relationship with yourself by just being real about what you're going through. And, because what happens is you start to be real with yourself, you start to be real with God, you start to be real with the world, starts to develop trust, starts to create love, and, and that's Sharing God. God sharing God with God. Love sharing love with love. It doesn't need to be uh, a showy. And then, of course, he says, pray in this way. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So, you know, we go, well, what do we do with that? It's like, oh, love that is everywhere, that is the highest good. May your will be done. May we rely on you for nourishment. May we rely on love for nourishment alone. May we practice forgiveness as others practice forgiveness with us. Keep us from the pull of the ego. If we forgive others, we are also forgiven. And if we refuse to, if we block and gatekeep, we only block ourselves. Have you heard that version of the Lord's Prayer? (laughs) You know what I mean? It's about love. Then he goes on to talk about fasting. And he says, you know, when you fast, don't look dismal. Don't be sad about it. Okay, when you fast put oil on your head and wash your face so that your fasting may be seen not by others but by your father who's in secret it's not about show it's about trust it's about faith it's about your personal relationship to the infinite you know and then he talks about uh, parigraha don't gather uh treasures here in this realm they're only going to end up with moths on them or thieves are going to come in and steal them you don't need those kinds of treasures you want a treasure of the heart the capacity to choose to love work on that that's the greatest treasure that's oneness with god he goes on to say that the eye is a lamp to the body so if your eye is healthy your whole body will be full of light but if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light is, uh, in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? The eyes, when you look into the eyes of another person, you're looking into the eyes of God, the eyes of the universe. That's why they're the most precious jewel there is. And you notice when somebody is struggling, someone's deep in addiction, their eyes look hollow. When somebody's doing well, taking care, being vulnerable, being honest, being loving, being being real, taking care, healthy, you see the light in the eyes. It's God. And we see it in each other. And if we're really looking with this love beyond logic, we can see in the eyes of the other where there's pain and be of service in some way to bring the light back to the eyes. You know, it's like we pray for God to do something about the, pro- the issues in the world. That's wonderful. And we ha- are, have to participate to bring the light back into the eyes of our neighbor. That's God's work. And Then he talks about serving two masters. No one can serve two masters, for a slave will either hate the one and love the other or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. this is the question it's like is your question how can i benefit the whole the oneness how can i serve in love or is your question what can i get what's in it for me that is the gripping that we hear about in yoga the gripping the trying to hold and hoard when we're being called to share to be kind and generous And then he talks about worry. This is a great one for during this time. He says, I tell you, do not worry about your life. Do not worry about what you will eat or what you will drink. Do not worry about your body or what you will wear. He sounds like yogic teachings. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? An attachment. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And can any of you by worrying at a single hour to your span of life? That's a good text, like, reminder to put in your phone on an alarm. Hey, Can any of you by worrying at a single hour to your span of life? Oh, no, I can't. Worries be gone. Bring. Not attachment, and why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field; how they grow—they neither toll nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory, right, said to be the wisest man in the in the uh, biblical tradition of the Solomon of the Proverbs. Okay, the wise Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the clothes the grass of the field which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven will he not much more clothe you you of little faith you're taking care of what stops you from being taken care of is when you go into that conditional love what's in it for me what can i get there's only enough for me there's not enough for everybody I'll love you if you answer this prayer. The ego, that's why it's the evil one or the devil. That's, what, that's what's happening there. Trying to be separate from the whole. It's an illusion, you're not separate from the whole. There's one being, here we are in this one being. And the way to participate in that is through love, through trust, through integrity, through faith, through resiliency, generosity. Do not worry saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? God knows you need all of these things. That's the profound thing, right? It's like, well, like we said, your unconditional lover already knows you need all of these things. So how are you going to participate in that? With love and trust? with doubt, gripping, strive first for the kingdom of love and the righteousness associated with this and everything will be given to you, you're cared for, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring worries of its own, today's trouble is enough for today. Let's take a little break here and then we'll get right back to it. All right, welcome back. And then he goes on to talk about judging others. Do not judge so that you may not be judged. For with the judgment you make, you will be judged and the measure you give will be the measure you get. This is one of my favorite teachings right here. Why do you see the speck in your neighbor's eye but do not notice the log in your own eye? You know what you need? We love to do that, don't we? We just love to give advice. We love to just point out where other people are flawed. Look at yourself, love the others. But judging, is not gonna create change. It's just gonna create more of that separation. The devil wins. Separateness, we fall into the illusion of separateness or Maya. So you look at your own eye. And see how you can get that out of your own eye. Let me take the speck out of your eye while the log is in your own eye. How will you do that? You're blind. You hypocrite. First, take the log out of your own eye, then you'll see clearly how to take the speck out of your neighbor's eye. Look at yourself. Do not give what is holy to dogs and do not throw your pearls before swine or they'll trample them underfoot and turn and maul you. Now, the the language for this is hilarious. Throwing pearls before swine and, you know, giving what is holy to dogs. Now, think about it like this. Have you ever had a time where you, in your spiritual journey, you, like, found found something, you had an experience, you found a book, you went to a yoga retreat, you went to a meditation, you had some kind of spiritual moment, like some kind of awakening and you were so excited to tell somebody from your old life about this new change that happened and you thought they would be right there with you to celebrate and you go to them you go like, yeah, this happened and they're just like, yeah, yeah, so? Or they're like, yeah, that's weird or that's not true or, you're not the same anymore, or that's BS, or God's not real, or whatever their trip is. That's what he's talking about. It's old school language. But he's essentially saying, when you have these moments of awakening, connection with yourself, connection with this supreme loving condition, just be mindful of your audience when you go to share. Because it can hurt you. And they just might not be ready to hear it because of their own pain. And then he says, ask and it will be given to you. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives and everyone who searches finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there any among you who, if your child asks for bread, will give them a stone? I love that. You're taken care of. And if you forget... Ask for a reminder. My teacher, Sri Dharma Mitra, uh, I asked him once, you know, how do you pray? What does your prayer practice look like? And he said, Oh, that's simple. I just pray this prayer over and over Father, forgive me for forgetting you. Or God, forgive me for forgetting you. Or Mother, forgive me for forgetting you. Or Love, forgive me for forgetting you. May you remember. That's what yoga is yoga practice. Remember, 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 remember. Or if the child asks for a fish, will the parent give them a snake? You're taken care of. Do unto others the golden rule. Here's the one. It's been going around forever. It's truth. Truth is truth. It's timeless. It's ageless. Do unto others what you want to have done to you. Because we are one. One. and then he says enter through the narrow gate for the gate is wide and the road is easy that leads to destruction and there are many who take it for the gate is narrow and the road is hard that leads to life and there are few who find it it's talking about tapas discipline consistency fulfilling your mission loving beyond logic the easy path is to love who's easy to love the easy path is to do what's comfortable The easy path is to go with the status quo. But you're called for greater things, not for easy. And beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits, as, gapes, as grapes gathered from thorns or figs from thistles. In the same way, every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree ba- uh, bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, or, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will know them by their fruits." So, you know, don't get too fancy with this, but just know that your intent, your intent and your integrity, your consistency in relationship to the two is going to define what the external conditions of your life look like. And don't be attached to the fruit. That's like, oh, I need to get the good fruit because, and this is, It's not about that. What we're talking about here is, how can I show up in love? And the more you commit to that, and you make mistakes, and you ask for forgiveness, and you do the things that give you the capacity to be loving, and you sing the devotional songs, and you help people, and you feed people, and you do the practices that make your body feel good, and you do all of those things, you'll notice that you're more present, more loving, more willing to serve, more creative, that is the fruit of your consistency in the practice. And if you don't, if you just do what's easy, you just look out for yourself, life is going to seem like a bleak place or a hard place or a and it we get to we have a, a say in it. How we show up. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom. But only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many deeds of power in your name? And I will declare to them, I never knew you. Go away from me, you evildoers. I, I know this stuff brings up a lot of religious baggage for people, but he's talking about love again not be, the way that people trying to convince people to manipulate oh i'm a good person and this is this is how i can take advantage of you by looking by appearing to be kind by appear and then having false motives to take advantage we see that in all walks of life look at all the scandals that have happened in spiritual communities yoga the catholic church the Oh yes, we are, you know, we are adhering to these teachings and then you use people by duping them into thinking that you have their best interests in mind and then you exploit and take advantage. I mean, this Christian tradition is filled with generations of that kind of nonsense and he's t- telling you right here, if you are honestly showing up to serve in love, He'll, know, he'll recognize you because that's his mission. And if you're not, he'll be like, you may be saying, you know, it's like I remember one time I was in New York with Sri Dharma Mitra, and the, the people like in the, in the mud room, not mud room, but in the foyer of the yoga center who were really like, I just love Dharma. He's my teacher. I do anything for him. I love him. I bow at his feet, do to do to do, 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 like so mushy. And then you go into the classroom and Dharma would say something like, you know, just put your foot like this. And then those people who are all mushy, they don't do it. They do something else. And then maybe the people who didn't say anything are just following the instructions. Or the people who are new are trying their best to follow the instructions. And the mushy people who are saying, oh, I love the teacher, oh, I love the teacher, aren't even listening to the teacher. And, And they're just doing their own thing. And so I asked Dharma, I said, what do you do with that? well sometimes you get really angry and correct them but for the most part you just ignore them or ask them to go in the back of the class and it's funny because they they feel as though they're making an offering to this person that they love but that's not the gift that he wants it's like when somebody says like they're whole, they're, you're around them all the time, and they just keep talking about how much they love music. They just love records, and they love music, and it just brings them so much joy. And, and you say, oh, I just love so-and-so. They're so wonderful, and I would just do anything for them. It's their birthday coming up, and so I want to do something really special for them. And then you buy them a pair of shoes or like a hammer. And if you were paying attention, you would notice that this person loves music. But because you're not paying attention, you miss the point. Again, it's about love. Don't miss the point. Look for the love in these teachings and the multitude of teachings. Not for where it went wrong. Where's the love? Yeah, yeah, there's a shit ton of wrong (laughs) and harm connected to this stuff. But if you look deeper, you're listening for what, where the love is, and you apply that, and you learn from the yickiness. Oh, I'm not going to do that. My ancestors did that, or these other humans did that, or this group did that, and oh, I want to learn from that and, and try and show up a little more loving, a little more forgiving, a little more resilient, a little more creative, a little more kind. And then he says, everyone then who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be a wise person who built their house on the rock, solid foundation, the foundation of love. The rain fell, the floods came and the winds blew and beat on the house, but it did not fall down because it had been founded on a solid rock, the foundation, love, compassion. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be foolish like a person who builds their house on the sand. The rain will fall and the floods will come. Karma, the conditions of life, will come. But if your practice is not built around love, love the Lord your God with all your heart, love love with all your heart, and love your neighbor as yourself, if that's not your foundation, it's going to fall apart. And then you'll have to rebuild. Now when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were astounded by his teachings. For he taught them as one having authority and not as their scribes he taught from the place of inner knowing not from rule following and also not from rule breaking but from a place of embodied wisdom from a place of yoga oneness with god Thanks everybody for listening to the show. It's been so fun doing this with you. If you missed previous episodes, please go back and have a listen. I want to remind you that I've got opportunities for study coming up. I've got online mentorship programs starting in May and an in-person five days in San Pancho happening from June sixth to tenth. If you want to come, you need to apply. Go to tiagopram.com. Go to the mentorship section. Click apply. We'll practice together. I hope you enjoyed this journey. I love you all so much. And we'll see you next time on Revealing the Diamond.